This is Steady Habits, a Connecticut Mirror podcast. It's where we take a look at life here in the land of steady habits, what works, what doesn't, and how to make things work just a little bit better. I'm John Dankosky. This is a kind of instant Steady Habits this week, and we want to talk with Keith Faneth, the Mirror's budget reporter, about what's going on with state nursing homes. Nursing home workers in the state are still at an impasse over a new contract. The largest health care union said it could strike as soon as Friday at 26 homes with other strikes possible in the following weeks. Keith gets us up to date on where we are right now. John, there is unfortunately a short answer and a long answer. The short answer is we have nearly 40 homes where the workers have been working under contracts that expired uh, in mid-March. There are more than 50 homes, it's just 39 that have noticed the state so far that they intend to strike. And I should say noticed also the homes. That's the shorter answer. The longer one, we're dealing with problems that go back decades. I mean, care workers in Connecticut have been poorly compensated. The administration likes to point out that it's making them a a good offer relative to 2007. Well, That's a convenient way of saying you're doing well with this offer compared to how you've done since the Great Recession. Well, since the last recession, we've had a very sluggish recovery and and nursing homes have gotten very little. It's historically a very badly paid job. The funding has increased very little over the last 14 years. And now since the pandemic, people are basically saying this unfair situation which disproportionately affects Black and Hispanic workers, um, is simply intolerable. And they're trying to raise pay considerably. They don't just want raises. They want a correction in pay. They want a, a correction in staffing levels. The unions are negotiating, in essence, with the state. But in reality, they're negotiating with the homes that they actually work at. How important is that distinction to this negotiation? That's huge. That's a very good point. Because nursing homes normally get more than 70% of their money from government sources. We're talking about Medicaid, which is state and federal dollars channeled through the state, and Medicare, which is federal. But now it's up more than 80%. They're really effectively negotiating more with the state of Connecticut. Yes, technically, as you point out, the people signing a contract would be the nursing home ownership and District 1199, the health care workers union. But we're talking about an industry that's only going to be able to spend what the state of Connecticut gives it. So really, the negotiations are between the state and the union. And that's, that's sort of the way it's always been, but it's become even that more so uh, this time around because the pandemic has left the industry really strapped for cash as well. As much as the unions are hurting, the industry also can make a case that it's out hundreds of millions of dollars a year. When the governor made what he said was his, his last best final offer, outline exactly what that is and where the money comes from that Ned Lamont says that he's going to put toward solving this problem with nursing homes. The governor says he's putting about $280 million additional into nursing homes 
over the next two fiscal years combined. And they very quickly pointed out that's about four times the increase that nursing homes normally get. That is true with a huge but. Over the last 14 years, we've had a recession and the most sluggish recovery in the nation. So because of that, nursing homes have probably gotten a 1% increase on average over the last 14 years. So it's not that hard to beat that fourfold. How does that break down? Well, it breaks down into a 4.5% pay increase, annual pay increase for workers. Keep in mind, these are folks that make, for the most part, between $13 an hour, which is currently the state's minimum wage, and probably a ceiling of about $15 an hour. The union has asked for a 33% increase. They want to go from $15 to $20 an hour. They're saying that's basically the floor. I don't think anyone thinks they're going to get that, but they're also arguing that 4.5% is not a correction, given the fact that it's historically low, that hundreds of workers got sick with the coronavirus, staying in the nursing homes, and that 24 healthcare workers, many of which were nursing home workers, died during the pandemic. Um, the governor's proposal also includes $20 million for retirement benefits, but I want to clarify, because most people in nursing homes basically have only a 401k or nothing, this would literally just be a one-time lump sum payment that they could put on a pile for their retirement. And we know most people who are making minimum wage don't have any retirement plan or any money, if they do have access to a 401k, any money saved in it. This would basically be just a one-time small payment of money. Um, there's $12.5 million for hazardous pay bonuses, $13.5 million for enhanced training. There's not the money that the nursing homes are looking for for staffing increases. That's a big thing. A lot of people said that they had to work effectively mandatory overtime, that they were, they were unable to even access their sick time um, during the pandemic. How much of this is really coming out of the state's coffers? At this point, on paper, I would say half, because it's going to be largely Medicaid reimbursable. However, because the state of Connecticut and just got $2.6 billion in federal money to support the state budget, and because that money is fungible, one can make the argument that all of the dollars are really coming from Washington. That's really the fundamental debate that's going on between Governor Lamont and Labor and his progressive uh, base, which is, should the state be cracking open its own reserves to respond to the pandemic? When you talk about the historic low pay at these jobs and the fact that the contracts are up, the unions are clearly looking for some sort of a reset here, as you said. They're looking to raise pay across the board, not just a couple dollars an hour, but really acknowledge the fact that this is difficult work and that they haven't, in their minds, gotten pay raises that they deserve. How much of this is really about a reaction to the COVID pandemic? Honestly, John, it really is both. Everybody stood around last summer and last fall 
and over the winter and said, oh, these frontline workers are really heroes. Uh, my God, some of them have died. So what the nursing home union is saying now is, we've all known these problems and we're basically saying, wow, this has really shown us not the problems, but that we just can't look the other way anymore. So do we really want to have a correction? Do Black Lives Matter? Are these people who are providing care during the pandemic heroes? Senator Gary Winfield, a Democrat from New Haven, really kind of summed it up well. He said, you know, you can give folks all these accolades, but there's no equity without revenue, meaning unless the state puts its dollars behind these types of statements like Black Lives Matter and nursing home workers are heroes, they're empty statements. So it, it really is both. It's this perfect mixture of longstanding inequities and uh, a pandemic which not only uh, brought these into a fresh light, but exacerbated them. To the point of the nursing homes themselves, though, the people who operate these homes, you mentioned this earlier, that staffing levels are another thing to address. Is part of the issue here that the union at this point making demands that the existing workers get a substantial pay raise, is that potentially keeping nursing homes from being able to hire more workers to make the jobs better, less forced overtime, safer, all the other things that we found we need coming out of the pandemic? This goes back to your earlier point, though, of who are the unions really negotiating with? Because you, you correctly point out, I mean, the industry's estimating it's down about $312 million a year, either because of added costs for protective gear, for hazard pay, and also largely because of lost revenue. Don't forget, nursing homes get a lot of money, not just from long-term residents, but uh, if uh, an elderly patient at a hospital has hip surgery, they, they, they may be staying at home, but they can't go straight home from the hospital. So they'll go into a nursing home to do their rehabilitation, and they're going to be there a number of weeks or, or months, depending on what procedure they had, and then they're going to go home. Understandably, people postponed a lot of those procedures during the pandemic. At some point, hospitals couldn't even perform them. So nursing homes lost a lot of revenue, and they're in a tight situation. But the question that still has to be answered is, does the state of Connecticut, the party with whom the union really is negotiating with, have enough resources to keep the industry afloat, to correct the pay and correct the staffing, and to keep the state budget afloat? That's really the debate going on right now. Because I think the unions are saying the timing may not be perfect to address all of these problems now, but the political will has never been, or I should say the political argument is a better way to say it, has never been stronger. So we're moving all of our chips in. Um, I think that the next step is going to be either coming from the legislature. They have to decide if they're going to let Governor Lamont be the sole voice for the state. They could say, despite his comments, that Connecticut has given its last and best offer. 
that they believe the state should be appropriating more, or they, they, if they are silent, they will let the governor's position stand. So at, at some point, um, somebody is going to have to pull really the key players in this, which is the state and, and the governor's office, the legislature, and the union into a room and figure out what's it actually going to take to settle this. Because also, these are workers who can't afford to be off the job for very long. Keith Vanna, thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Thanks, John. You can read more of Keith Vanna's coverage at ctmirror.org. Thanks so much to George Mastrianis and Dave Swanson of Legend Studios in Avon, Connecticut for our Steady Beats. I'm John Dankowski, and we'll talk to you soon.